0: Last week, we started a series called, uh, you know, or concerning His will for your life. You, you, anybody here last week? I know there were others that are not here this morning, but we started a series last week, and I'm going to just make one statement about it, and then we're going to press on. Because I believe this, if you could get today's message in your heart and practice it, everything in your life will change. Everything in your life. I should say it this way, anything that's out of order with God will change in your life, and the areas that are in order will get better if you get this in your life. I promise you, you know, because you, if you come here, I don't hype messages and go, this could be the most powerful message you ever heard today in your life. You don't hear me say that stuff. This, come next week because it's going to be more powerful. But then people go next week, and it's, they're like, well, you know, but the, there doesn't need to be hype. But if there is a truth uh, that is fundamental to your Christian walk, and it is really an underlying thing that makes really all the rest of your walk with God work, this would be it right here, period. I mean, it is, it's all connected to this, you know, um, I had some plants in my yard. Uh, They're uh, like a yucca. I wonder if they have a name, yucca, like yuck on purpose. But I dug them out, and uh, I've noticed all of a sudden something else is popping back up. So I break that off, and then it's popping up over here. Why is that? Because there is some kind of root there that is making things produce. You know, there is a core there, not just a root itself, but there's like a trunk that has the roots off of it, and if you deal with that trunk, that that main part of it, it affects what grows, it affects the roots that go down, and this message really is that right here. This truth I'm going to talk about is like that. And so we talked about this last week we said this concerning the will of God because many times somehow in life we think the will of God is some big thing we're going to do someday. And and not that everybody thinks that way but sometimes you know God has put something in their heart and they think when I get there I'll be doing God's will. But God's will is not that. That might be part of it but that is not it. The will of God really has to do with your daily uh, walk with Him and just your interaction with Him and what you do on a daily basis. That is the will of God, not what you do someday. But in all reality, that daily walk in the will of God causes you to take steps to someday maybe step in those things that you believe are from God. But if you don't take the daily steps that are his will, you may not get to those big things because they are not just events on their own, separate. In other words, the will of God is like stepping stones. I keep stepping on them day after day after day. Eventually, I'll get to that stone and then I'll step in it or step on it. And in our walk with God, his will for our life is not just about the future, it's about now. And so this truth right here that we read uh, last week in Romans 12, and you can turn there, Romans the 12th chapter, uh, concerning God's will, and he tells us how we can know his will, and really, you know, his fundamental will. Because some people say, I don't know what God's will is. I've heard that a lot of times from Christians. I just don't know what God's will is for my life. I think it's because there's an underlying thing that they heard somebody like a preacher say, God called me to preach all over the world. And they go, oh, that's the will of God. No, that's actually something that's down the road so to speak, for anybody who's called to be a preacher. You know, meaning on that level, to do things like that. Really, the same things for the will of God for your life are the same things for my life. Forgiving people, sharing the gospel with people, loving people, walking with God. All these things are really the will of God in our life. How we serve Him, everything like that. And so that's why I said it's not just a big event someday. It's really what we do daily is the will of God. And in that, and you know, it's the will of God that all of us that are saved be led, and really it's God's will for everybody to be led by Him. We have to learn that from the Bible. We learn how and what he said and how to seek God from the Bible. And so in that, we learn his will. In other words, how to be led on a daily basis. And that will bring us into different things in life. So Romans, the 12th chapter. And like I said, today we're going to talk about something that's super fundamental. And it really will be the basis for anybody who really, really wants to go on with God. And not only if you want to go on with God, this really is God's way for humanity. It's it's the way he set life up, whether I agree with it or not, this is it right here. I mean, this is it. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech or I, I, I beg you or I plead with you, I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, we're talking about God's will, and these verses are actually talking about God's will, and he said, you need to control your body. Somebody said, you mean like with food? No, your tongue is part of your body, what you say. My eyes are part of my body, what I look on, what I choose to listen to, how I, what I do with my body in other areas. And so when he said present your body, how would you even know how to present your body? It's a good question. Because if I just asked you and nobody knew anything, we could all come to different conclusions. Somebody could say it's working out. But that may not be it. Somebody could say, "Well, it's eating right," and that might not be it. And it could be, "Well, you have to, you know, never cuss," and that might not be it. What what is this presenting of the body to God? Notice this, and do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be shaped into the mold of how everybody in the world is doing stuff. So, obviously. What are they doing? A lot of what they do, they do with their body. Right? And we look at that now in our society. They do it with their body. So he said, don't be conformed like them. So the first thing we've got to know about God's will is this. It's something we do with our body. And it's something we do uh, in, internally in the sense of not being shaped like everybody else in the world. So he said, don't be conformed or pressed into their mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he said, here's how you're not going to be shaped like the world, which it's not God's will, the way you're going to be shaped like God or wants you is to renew your mind with the Word of God. So that would mean if I'm going to renew my mind, if I'm going to walk in the will of God, one of the primary things that I must do as a believer is read my Bible myself. It's fundamental for walking in the will of God. Here's the thing. I I tell people I got saved or gave my life to the Lord on September 10th, 1985. There's some truth in that, but really I gave my life to the Lord when I was five, and I walked with him until we just kind of stopped going to church, and, and I just lost all momentum after a couple of years not going to church, and I went, you know, I was like a ball rolling fast forward, you know. I was not doing anything my friends were doing, you know, or very little, And the longer we stayed out of church, the more the world I was taking on the form of the world. And I was like a ball that was rolling uphill and came to a stop, and I rolled backwards, and I rolled back really fast, and I was being more like the world every day that I was out at that point. It was like all momentum was now going the other way. But anyway, a friend of mine reached out to me. A couple people talked to me and and witnessed to me about the Lord and And uh, in 1985, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And the Lord dealt with me immediately. And I mean, not in an audible voice, but I knew this. And I knew it was the key. And it was one of the fundamental things. He dealt with me inside. I hadn't even heard about, you know god talking to people or whatever or anything i mean i mean i'm talking like the day or two after i gave my life to the lord i maybe even the very next day this became prevalent i knew that I knew that I knew the reason I lost my path and lost my way in the Lord before was because I did not have a high respect and esteem and a time where I would read and feed on the word of God so my thinking would be shaped like God wanted it. And God dealt with me. If you want to do this, you got to have my word in the right place in your life. I knew it. Nobody said anything, and and I started recognizing spiritually I did have a hunger for His Word. But remember, any hunger can be satisfied with other things. You just have to prioritize that I can either stop at McDonald's and get whatever nutritional value from there, or I can go home and get in the refrigerator and get something. It may take extra effort. It may not be fast, but there may be something better in the refrigerator where I could have some fish or some chicken or some meat and some salad or vegetables, but I knew it was going to take effort. And I wasn't giving that effort before, and man, oh my, did it wreak havoc in my life. And so, he said, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What am I saying? The, this is the fundamental part of transformation and living this life, so prayer works and everything, really comes down to uh, the Word of God, not just the Word of God, how do I respect the Bible. Now, now here's the thing. Everybody could probably come to their own conclusions about how they respect the Bible. The Bible becomes the tool by which you are transformed. Just like a potter, you know, or a guy who works with clay, you know, they have those little instruments that they cut with and do different things like that to shape it. And uh, have you ever watched somebody like that? I watched somebody make a little bear one day. he had this little thing, and he was poking in it to make these little things. And I thought, you, c- you need that tool if you want to make that bear. I mean, he had clay. I just thought he needed that. That tool really came in handy. I, and then me, because I like that kind of stuff, I'm thinking, where did he get that tool? But as a Christian, we need to realize this book... Is the tool, and you can't get shaped without it. So, in order to be shaped properly, because notice what he goes on to say by the renewing of your mind, that or so that you may prove or know what is the good, that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There is a perfect will of God, there's a good will. And there's things he just accepts that are sometimes not even his will. But you can't even prove them or know them properly without renewing your mind. Renewing your mind does not mean read and just find one promise. It literally means study the Bible until your whole way of thinking is transformed. And then it will transform the process of your life. But the key to receiving is a certain kind of attitude. You with me? A certain kind of attitude. And really, it's an attitude of respect for God's Word. How you respect God's Word is going to show up in many ways. How you respond to it. How you study it. Do you study it? Your respect grows for anything you give your time to. And it diminishes when you don't give time to things. How many people can quote everything about sports and stuff like that because they study, they watch the news, and there are people who will watch Sports Center than the same Sports Center because there might be a little bit more of a change where a different stat came out, but it's all the same virtually three or four times down the road, and they didn't give hardly any time to the Word of God, so they're getting full of that, so they respect the skills of the people. You know, that guy, if he gets into this situation and he swings the bat, he's good. He can protect the plate. He can do this. And their esteem grows for that, and their respect grows because they have given time to it. And you know what comes flowing out of them? All that. So our time towards things will develop a respect and honor for it. And if you want to kill your respect for other things, stop giving it time. Some people love things because they give time to it. A cat you didn't love, just give time to it. I still don't like it. I still don't. Well, it's okay. Well, I mean, it's sort of okay. A couple months. Well, he's kind of, you ever heard that? He's grown on me. <laughs> now, I'll still kick it if it gets in my way. You know people talk like that, and then you see him after a couple months, and they're like, ah. Uh. Whatever happened to that? Now, I'm not saying do that at all. But I'm saying, you know, you'll hear things like that, and then after a while, that's my best buddy. Well, how did their esteem and desire and putting this thing into a higher position in their life come? Spent some time with it, around it. And the thing is, is we need to recognize If I don't honor God's word and esteem it real high, I'll argue with it. I'll debate it. I'll challenge it. may not be that important. If my esteem is not real high when I read it, it actually limits what I get from it. People may not realize that, but you can grow your esteem. Turn to Romans, or I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, Mark, Matthew, Mark, 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 Mark 4. You can actually grow your reverence, your, your, how you treasure the Bible, how you value what God says. And if you have a low value of the Word of God, your actions won't uh, mirror what God would desire in your life. You with me? There won't be a strong stand for whatever God said. Because that all comes from really treasuring and loving God's word. And love can grow. And love can be developed. And if you really love something and really desire something, isn't it true if you don't really respect somebody and they come and tell you something, even though it's true and somebody else comes and tells you something that's contrary, but you really respect them and you really like them, even though what they said might be a lie, and what this person said was true, you might accept the lie because of your respect for that other person. You might struggle more with accepting it from that person because of your attitude toward them. That's never happened to anybody before? No? No, it's true, isn't it? You know, if you have a kid that's been, you know, telling you stuff that's not true, and then they tell you something that is true, and the other one always tells you the truth, and they say something that's not, you're going to be prone to look at them different. And you might struggle with that. Why is that? It's not the kid only, it's what's been developed in you toward them. And so I'm not trying to get any kids in trouble. I'm talking about us personally with the Lord. And if my respect and love will grow for him and his word, I'll accept what he said. And it will change things. But we'll look here. Mark, the fourth chapter, in the 24th verse. And there are ways to grow this love. Like I said, Stop spending time with other things and start spending time in His Word. And you'll start developing a respect for it. It may not come overnight. It can be that way. But what you give yourself to, you will, will respect. Notice this. In other words, hey, if I stop spending time with the Lord, or I ignore His dealings with me, and I just push them away, what am I doing When he's speaking and dealing with me, if I'm pushing him away, I'm learning to not respect. I'm learning to not esteem what he said. I'm learning to not believe that what he says is really that important. And what it's doing, it's cultivating something in me called either respect or disrespect. But if I read and I see things in there that are a certain way and I respond positively, even though it might be a struggle, what am I doing? I'm building respect inside of me. What I'm doing is really opening myself up to all the things God would say. And then if he said, you're healed, I'd go, okay. But if I've been arguing with him about everything else and then his word said, you're healed... I've already got this argumentative attitude because of a lack of respect. And so now he said, "You're delivered." And you're like, "Well, why? I don't feel like it." And this it's because I've been actually training myself. Hmm. Amen. I've been training myself so I could train myself positively by responding correctly even when it doesn't feel good. Why? Because he's going to say things like, you're blessed, and it's not going to feel like it. But I've already been practicing going against my feelings and responding to what he said. I've been training myself this way. So when he said, you're blessed, I just go, well, I don't feel... I don't even ask. I go, all right. But see, these are a process in our life and he'll lead you to this and there are things we need to recognize here that are super important notice this in mark 4 verse 24 then he said to them this is jesus take heed or pay attention what you hear in other words whatever you hear in life and we're talking about the bible but really in any area Have you ever, you know, most hobbies that people enjoy start not with a huge desire. Right? You see something, it sparks something, you start looking at it, you start studying it a little bit, and the more you give yourself to it, all of a sudden you just start going, uh, and the more you give yourself to it, you can get addicted to it. People get addicted to video games. People get addicted to themselves. That can be one of the worst things, and people don't realize being addicted to yourself and doing what you want to do is actually contrary to what I'm talking about. Because they just do whatever they want, and they don't do what the Lord wants, and so then really they're just looking to themselves, and what it does is it makes them think, well, what I say, what I want... How I should do things is based on me, not on him. People don't realize that's hurtful because it trains us that way. And we're talking about the most fundamental underlying thing to God's will is his word and our respect and our honor and our love toward it. So he said, be careful what you hear. Or, Take heed. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Don't just listen to everything. You don't need to hear everything. But notice this, you can't stop from hearing everything too. But notice he said, take heed what you hear. Now look at this, this is profound. With the measure, or with the same measure you use, <clears throat> what's he talking about? Concerning what you hear. The, in other words, you could say the measure you use when you hear The measure you use when you hear, notice it will be measured to you. In other words, the same way you listen is the same way you get back. The way you listen is the way you get back. My respect for God's word is my measure if i'm just thinking about everything but what's being said here in the bible right now and i'm kind of thinking about taquitos and how the cheese gets melted on it and i wish they wouldn't put it on top of the guacamole cuz then it doesn't melt and so it's just kind of strands you know i wish i wish they'd put the cheese on the taquitos but not so much that they all stick together cuz then you grab one and the guacamole goes everywhere and you got like one taquito but it's really four connected and you know, somebody's off thinking about that and thinking, if they would just put just enough so each one would be nicely covered, and then they had the guac, then when you lifted it up, the cheese would be melted, you get enough guacamole on there, and you could just put your own hot sauce, that'd be awesome. And I'm up here preaching about God, <laughs> the creator of the universe, the one who has a miracle for you and wants to do great things in your life, and you're thinking about taquitos. That is a respect issue. Don't we or didn't we used to teach kids? Pay attention to the people that are talking to you. Give them your attention. Be polite. What are you doing? You're saying respect what they're saying. And how we hear the measure we give, you know what I mean by that? Determines, notice he said the same way you measure is the way you get back. You could say it like this. If I want a lot of faith and I have little respect and I only have this much respect, just a handful, and I scoop into the Word of God with that much respect, that's what I'm going to get out of it. But if my respect grows, my scoop grows, and then I can reach into the Word of God, I'm going to get more back. And that's an internal attitude. And they're cultivated by responding to the Lord, Feeding properly on His things. Putting Him first place in your life. Uh, You know, not just too... I'm just too busy. You know what that said? I am too busy for God, His Word. What are you saying? What I'm doing is more important than my relationship with God. Oop, oop. So that just means, my, you know, there's a scripture that talks about people in the last days who would just live after their own ways. He said their, their God is their own belly. Somebody said, my God's been growing. <laughs> that's not what I mean. What he's saying is your own internal appetites are your own God. In other words, you serve them. Whatever you want to do, that's your God. In other words, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm doing whatever I want to do. That's what he's saying when he said, their God is their belly. They said, let's just do it. It doesn't even matter. In other words, whatever I have an appetite for in my flesh, I just go after it. That does not develop a respect for God. But if you have an appetite for something or you, you know, and you go, I want to do this and you know it's wrong, you go, no. And you travel away from it because you saw something in God's word that said, that's not pleasing to God. And you travel away from it even though it's a battle. You're building your respect in God. And you're actually building a disrespect for things that are not from him. What will that do? It will open me up to more truth out of his word. What happens when I get open to more truth out of his word? Because notice he said it's the measure I use when I hear that causes me to get it. So here's the thing that's interesting. Every one of us in here, including myself, have a different measure of receiving from God. And it all comes down to how do I respect what he says? Well, that's pretty cool because you can read in the Bible... Uh, stories about people who got miracles turn to Romans the 10th chapter who got phenomenal miracles from God and but it wasn't just because God you know they screamed out and said God I want a miracle from you sometimes it was like that but the miracle came because of how they received what God said or what Jesus said And so how we receive it comes down to our respect toward his word. You with me? The measure we're talking about today is my respect. My respect, my honor for what he said can grow or diminish. Why were there some people who years ago they were in church and they were loving God, and if you just went to tell them a joke and you said, isn't it funny how he said that? You know, remember when we were out playing the other day and doing this, and somebody said this, and they're just distracting you from what the Word of God is being said? You said, Shut up. Why? Because you had a value on the Word. And people can either grow deeper and steeper in that or move away from that. And then it's, you know, a joke around, well, it's okay, you know, it doesn't matter. Man, if my respect is so high, I'm going to be like biting everything that comes when it comes to the Word of God. And it can grow. I said it can grow. If it grows, your faith will become mighty. And I'm going to make a few statements here that I think will help you in this. Turn to Romans, the 10th chapter. And I'm going to say this. God's word, when it gets its proper place of respect and reverence in your life, everything else will then find its place. Circumstances will find their place. In other words, what you're going through will find its place. It will have its wrong place when the word has the wrong place. What else will change? Opinions when the word has the right place in your life. And your opinions of others. Also, What I must do will change when my opinion of the word changes. Because if my opinion of the word changes, what I do and how I conduct my life will change. It will just change. Now, not automatically, it will change because I'm looking in the book or hearing in the book. But what I must do, and it will change in how I see God and how I view him, And what he desires for me and wants of me, they'll all change. They'll find their place when his word gets first place in my life, which means high regard, esteem, and love. Your actions will begin to be driven too. See, when the word doesn't have its right place, people say things, well, like I'm Irish, I grew up and learned how, I just have a hot-headed and all this stuff. And when somebody says that, they're basically telling you or they're saying, the Word doesn't have its place in my life. Why? Because I'm not looking like I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm looking at me. Well, you know, I just haven't had all the good breaks that everybody else had. I just, you know, don't have the education and all of this stuff. The Word does not have its right place yet. It doesn't have the right respect and esteem yet. Because Regardless, we know the Word said He's for us. But what we're talking is like the bad breaks are so against us, who can overcome them? My esteem is not correct because He said He's for me and He'll cause me to triumph in anything. And so we need to recognize these things. Notice this in Romans 10. Let me say this first before we read this verse in the, because they, this will help. Getting faith and trying to have faith is a battle for people when there's a lack of respect and there's more regard for self. You will have a tough time getting faith when you read the Bible if you don't have a strong respect for it. The truth. People who get faith quickly out of the Word of God have a great respect for the Bible because our respect, remember, is the measure by which we receive. So if I will work, and you can all, I can increase my respect for God's Word by being obedient, by giving time to it, by cutting out time For it when other things try to crowd time, you know, with him because I respect him, so I've got to know what he has to say. So I'm going to start doing this. It's going to start changing the way I think, it's going to change the way I process. I'm going to be starting to look at the world through what God said and not my own values. Well, I'm just too busy. Look at how busy our country is and how many people think it's important to just, people say, you just got to enjoy life and enjoy every day and, you know, get out there. Whatever happened about sacrifice and just doing what's right, because it's right. And it's all about selfishness and me, and I got to have me time. You got to have God time, and he'll fix the me. If life is about you only, you're in the wrong place because he's God not you. Can you enjoy things? Sure. The Bible said he gives us all things richly to enjoy, but not to rule us. If he is not in his right place, you can go enjoy everything you want to and you're not going to be fulfilled. You with me? This is, we're talking about God's will. Amen. This will help you. When God's word gets its proper place of respect and reverence in your life, everything else finds its place, right? Isn't that the truth? But here's an interesting thing. What we need to understand is that getting faith is a battle too. Why? I don't respect it. I don't esteem it. So I hear it and I go, whatever. But if I learn to respect and honor God's word, I'm going to take it above everything then faith is going to come to me. I'm going to have strong confidence the Bible said because I fear or respect God. When people don't respect God, they don't have strong confidence. You with me? They don't have that's why faith for them is a huge battle. And they they think, well I just read this verse and read this verse And I'm going to get faith when they're disrespecting God's word because they don't study it regularly. They're not obeying what he's dealing with them about. So they've trained themselves to be not a respectful person. And here's the thing. I'm not necessarily talking about anybody in here. But that is the way of the world. Just give it to me. Doesn't that sound like kind of people in the world? Just give it to you owe it to me. And he said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you just will respect God and receive his word, you can have miracles. You with me? And so getting faith becomes easier and easier, and stronger and stronger confidence comes in him when my respect for him grows and his word. You with me? Romans 10. Notice this in the 16th verse. You still with me? He said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Or you could say it this way, they didn't respond properly to what they heard, to the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Or we would say it like this, who's accepted his report? Who really does accept God's report? That's a good question. Who has believed his report? Who does receive God's report? People who esteem it and honor it receive what he said as so. If he said, I'm forgiven, other people may not say I'm forgiven, but... Who has believed his report about me being forgiven or you being forgiven and clean? But he who has the right attitude toward God. And when I say toward God, I'm basically saying it in this aspect. His word and him cannot be separated. And so people struggle with feeling clean before the Lord and being washed By his blood, even though he said it because of their lack of esteem for what he said. They may may determine more by their feelings. I don't feel like that. But when we really esteem his word, we can genuinely begin to walk without that heaviness on us. But it's a process. And when you get the right attitude, you can just get faith in every area like that. You with me? And so he said, who has believed our report? It's people who esteem what God says. At some point to receive it, you have to go, I believe that. That, What are you doing? You're basically saying, I'm putting that above my feelings. I'm putting that above everybody else's opinion. I'm putting that above what other people have said and Taught me all my life. I'm putting it up here. That's what it means to reverence or esteem or respect. And when I do that, that's who is receiving his report. Man, if we could get this stuff in our mentality, we would change. We would be walking dangerously, powerfully, so to speak, to the devil. He would be afraid. And God would be going, ha <laughs> That's how they're supposed to do it. That's it right there. But it comes down to a strong respect. And how I respond to the Lord will develop my respect. But he said, Who's believed his report? And then notice what it says, verse 17. So who believes the report? The one you deem. To be correct and right. Notice this. So then faith comes when you hear and hear, or faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word of God. How does it come? Does it come to everybody? No. Couldn't. because, Or I should say this. Not everybody has put their belief in what he said. Have you ever sat with somebody and told them the word that you believed, and they went, I just don't believe that? Why did they not? comes down to a personal lifting up of my own attitudes, my own opinions, the way I see it, the way somebody told me it was, the way I just feel about this right now, and I just like doing this, and up and up, up, up. My opinion goes about other things, and down it comes here. But you could be going, yeah, but this is right. This is true. You've experienced it. You know it. You need to listen to this. And they go, no. But what if they start changing and go, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know their opinion, and it can change. And what is it? why is it changing? Because they're beginning to esteem and go, yep. And God will work with us, and he'll work with you about this. Debating how far to go today, because actually there's more and more about this. You know, there are things we can do uh, just by time spent in the Word of God and pulling back from other things that will cultivate this in your life. You know, I've preached stuff like this a long time ago, and I had some people come up to me after, and they say, that's how they used to preach it 50 years ago. And maybe, and they say, "Oh, back when we had all these miracles, and that's what they because they're fundamental principles." Because what has happened is we've said, "Serve God however you want to. He loves you the way you are. He does love you, period, regardless of what you do." But there's a big difference of Him loving you and you walking the right way. And all the angels sang, "Hallelujah." Hey, the struggles disappear when our attitude goes up and our respect for God's word goes up. Abraham in Acts, in Romans 4, 18 through 21, we won't turn there, it talks about how he uh, had received from God and got a miracle of having a child when he couldn't. But it basically says that he didn't waver at God's promise, through unbelief, and he became fully persuaded. What was it? He became highly, he highly esteemed what God said. You know what's interesting in Genesis 18 concerning this same set of scriptures, <clears throat> if you go back and read the 18th chapter, I'm only going to touch on the 12th through the 14th verses, but God came to Abraham and to Sarah and gave him a wonderful promise of, just blessing for humanity and having a child when they couldn't, and Sarah overheard this conversation, and and uh, she started laughing at what God said. Yeah, whatever. I'm old and he's old, and just started laughing. It's too late, and just start laughing. And God said, "Is she laughing? Why is she laughing? I ain't laughing." And you know what he said? And this is really what it came down to. He he said, Is anything too difficult for me? It came down to a respect of his ability and a respect of what he said. And so she is not in a good place. Turn to Hebrews, just, just Hebrews, the 11th chapter. She's not in a good place. She's got a promise from God. God is determined to do something in their life, and he chose them to do something in their life, and they got a promise from him, he did and she did, and he gets into a good place, takes but it didn't, wasn't just him, it was her too. And it's interesting, she went from laughing and not regarding what he said to a total different way. Notice this. In Hebrews 11, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself. This is the one who laughed and said, nah. And he said, hey, is it hard for me? Well, it wasn't an issue, is it hard for God? It was an issue, do we respect what he says? By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a seed. And she bore a child. When she was past the age, physically impossible, why something changed? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She finally esteemed him and said, you know what? What he said is so. She got her respect to a right place. She received his word, changed her whole life. And really, that's what happens to us too. When we get to the right place, with our attitude, faith is no longer the battle that it once was. Now, we'll, we'll just go, I don't care what I see, what I feel, what he said is true. When my respect is straightened out, so my faith gets straightened out. Let's close over here. I'm going to read two things. Psalms 119, and we'll close. And then I want to say something. Psalms 119, very interesting set of scriptures. Psalms 119 is really one of the biggest chapters in the Bible. It's the biggest psalm in the Bible, and it has to do with how we Uh, treat God's word how we look at his word and what it will do for us when we straighten out our attitude toward his word when you come ask God show me stuff why that begins to develop your respect in God to show you his word choose I'm gonna listen regardless I'm going to start training myself because I'm not just hearing the sports cast I'm not just hearing the nightly news because we know now there's so many battles about Facebook Twitter and all these things how they're forcing things to show what looks like trending and what's important and they're removing stuff that's conservative in value. And there's all these battles because they're manipulating it so it looks one way. So we're like, oh, the important thing is Madonna got you know, some body part fixed. And it's not one of the things. Stuff that's conservative, you know, like, hey, this person's leading in the polls and they said it's wrong to do this. That's not trending. They're hiding that stuff. I know one guy who's conservative, maybe a little rough around the edges. They've now threatened him in, in London to close his Twitter account because he made a statement about somebody, Elton John, that he was gay and something else, and what he was doing, having open partnership, and they're trying to hide it because he went to their government to get a gag order so nobody could say anything about it. So they're threatening this guy who just made a statement about it to close his whole account. Stuff is being censored is what I'm saying. And we need to recognize just because we're hearing certain things a certain way doesn't mean it's true, doesn't mean the whole world's going that way. But the world is going to be pushing people, poking people, prodding people to go a certain way. You can't just... Believe all that stuff you hear, but you can believe what God said. You can esteem it. You can begin to respect it. So Psalms 119, notice this. This to me is real interesting. Psalm 119, this is a book about how to develop your respect your honor, and you'll read about people who had great respect and what the Bible will do for you and what the Scriptures will do for you. But notice Psalms 119, 162, 162. It says, I rejoice, 119. Actually, let's start in 161. That's where I want to start. Princes persecute me without a cause. In other words, things and people and come against me without a cause. Let me just make a statement. I'm just trying to serve God. Why are people picking on me and they don't pick on other people? You just need to get a clue. Go live like the other people and you won't be persecuted. Because the devil doesn't want you to be salt and he doesn't want you to be light. Hey, it's one of the oldest tricks in the book devalue the Word of God. It's the first thing that happened when the devil came. Did God say that? Take away your respect for God. Think about some of the groups. I've I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to, Mormons. Well, you know, not everything in the Bible is true as it is written and stuff. You need other books. You know what that's just basically doing? Teaching people to not respect the Bible. And when they get that underlying current in them, then they have a battle receiving faith from the Bible because they don't receive it because they have been taught to not respect it properly. You with me? But the devil was the one who started that way back in the garden. Has God said, well, you know that you're more wise than God. Your opinion and your way is better. Listen, so understand the enemy's going to attack you through people at times. You can have authority and break that off of people too, you know, if they attack you and come after you for the gospel. And don't think, wow, I don't understand why they don't treat me like everybody. I've always been picked on, maybe because you're different in a good way. But maybe not, but if you get renewed by the word of God, you're going to see yourself in a different light and not in the world's light. You're going to see yourself as a child of God and that they're motivated by the enemy and you have the goods to help them. But if my mind is not renewed, I'm going to think wrong about it. Psalm 161, princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe. In great respect of your word. Psalm 119, 161. But my heart stands in awe of your word. In respect, in awe. Notice 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. When our attitude is right toward the Bible and to what he said, we're going to look at it like this is better than jewels and better than a bunch of money and better than anything in life. Anything, but when my respect isn't right, I won't treasure it like I should. Here's why we need to treasure God's Word. And I'm going to close with this statement. It's so true. Without a promise in our heart, and the way you get them is through respect. Without a promise in our heart, we don't have a pipeline to receive from God. Those promises that get in your heart become the pipeline by which God is able to transfer and get his goods inside of you. And into your life. Whatever it is. And so I close the pipeline or of setting up pipes to receive from when I don't receive or, or esteem in certain areas. In other words, if I don't respect God in this area about having power, then it takes away that pipeline of walking in His power. But I'm telling you what, every one of us can keep developing our respect. Next week it can be greater. Amen? For His Word. And I'll tell you what, it'll just make you stronger and stronger and more and more confident, and there will be pipelines that will be broad in your life where stuff will flow. I mean stuff. Stuff. Things that God has already purposed to get in your life. It really comes down to how do I respect him and his word.